Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Wow. Hello and welcome to the Abroad Japan podcast, probably the best way of learning about life in Japan without actually being in Japan. I'm your host Chris Broad, and we're joined as always by England's top Japan enthusiast, Mr. Pete Donaldson himself. Pete, how the devil are you doing? What's going down? I'm feeling good, I'm feeling funky. We're not going to start the show uh, this, uh, what day is it today? <laughs> it's, uh, Wednesday, Sunday. Sunday. Sunday, isn't it, mate? Sunday, this one, uh, this show goes out. Um, yeah, I'm not going to start the show with uh, playing my automaton. Uh, but uh, Chris, uh, I, I, have you just returned from Hokkaido? Are you going back out there? I'm confused as to where you are, where you're going, what videos are coming out soon. I mean, I did just get back from Hokkaido. Yes, mm. we filmed a brand new episode, or a brand new series of Journey Across Japan. And it's called, I haven't told anyone this, I'll tell you though, it's called Frozen Frontiers. Oh, nice, I like that. It's the sort of thing that I would be announcing on um, uh, DMAX, on <laughs> Discovery Channel. <laughs> What's the title again? Frozen Frontiers. Uh, Frozen Frontiers, ne- you've, you've got it very fast there, very up, worrying. Coming up next on, <laughs> uh, in just a moment we'll have Deadliest Catch, but right now on DMAX, Frozen Frontiers. Chris and Natsuki are in a whole heap of trouble. It's Frozen Frontiers. <laughs> Can I, have, can I have my money now? <laughs> I forget you're a voice actor. Why the yeah. fuck? How can you do that? What uh, what makes people have the the voice? How do the you get voice. the voice? No, it's not. It's not How the voice. It? It's the it's the having the list of shows that's on. <laughs> See, I can't do that though. I can't be like coming up next is a. It just sounds weird. You need one, to have the voice. One affliction shuts down a teen's lungs. Another attacks the <laughs> nervous system of a personal trainer. And a third infection eats the blood of a health worker. It's Monsters <laughs> Inside Me next, right here on D-Max. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell. Your talents are wasted lot, on this lot podcast. Of lot, of, lot, of trub- <laughs> lot of trouble going on. There was one a few, like, a few months ago... It was like uh, these sort of program listings, listings like were written like fucking like probably like fifteen years ago, and they and they just go in a database. And when that old show comes back out, it uh, it it basically says uh, it, it basically says um, uh, it basically just spits out whatever shows on. It tells you w- what's on the show, mm. and then you write a script around it. Um, and sometimes I'll just I'll just copy the copy what it says because there's no point in me rewriting uh, a, a copywriter's work I may as well just fucking copy sloppy. what they say sloppy absolutely sloppy AI will take everyone's jobs 
um, <laughs> because of it people will. like because of people like me. And um, and there was there was one like not that long ago. It was clearly like written like a long, long, long time ago. And it was something mm. like it was a short about interesting physiques. I think it's called Body Bazaar, right? And one of the things, right. like, so it's usually like people in like uh, India or China who've got like who who who've got a deformation that looks like um, mm, makes mm. you look like Ganesh or something like like so they're 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 right. they're, they're loved by their people because they they resemble a god and 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 like you know people with arms grown at their back and stuff. But one was like literally, um, it was literally just somebody transitioning. I was like, fucking right. hell, that's in body bazaar. And you're putting that out. I, I, I think it went out. And I was like, fucking hell. Like, and that was the, um, and, and like, why nobody's looked at that. I should, probably should have flagged it up, to be honest. But it's just one of those things where it's like, with like attitudes and, and, uh, have just kind of changed. And these kind of mm. operations are obviously, um, obviously been going for like fucking 50 years. But like, if not longer. And, and so it's kind of like, it, it, it's it's kind of interesting how people talk about this stuff, and it's it's changed so quickly mm. um, over the past sort of ten years. But you sort of see these kind of like time burps from the past, and it, it was actually just a bit shocking. I was like, I'm not fucking saying that. That sounds mental. I'll talk about the bloke with his with two arms going out of his back. Thank you. <laughs> well, I remember, you know, yeah, I remember watching recently some of my one of my favourite sitcoms, Only Fools and Horses. Everyone knows it, Britain's biggest sitcom. And I was watching some of the early episodes, which came out in the early 1980s, and it's just like, oh, that that dialogue wouldn't work anymore quite a lot. And <laughs> yeah. it like, yeah, it was a very bizarre experience. Like, it felt really out of place. Yeah, things have changed. Things have changed. Things Certainly have moved have. on. Good. What, wasn't that, what hasn't moved on is Journey Across Japan. We're still going. Still the, going. I, the, the last, the last series, which came out last August, that was like heralded as the last series and we've just gone and done it all over again mm. and this time we brought along uh, Pete Premier 2 to to make things more interesting to spice things up a bit make it louder Europe. <laughs> make it very louder make it louder best. we did some cool stuff though we went to um, an ice bar which felt a bit like that awful set out of Die Another Day remember we mm. goes to like some weird fucking ice bar in Iceland okay and then there's right. a space laser and he goes surfing <laughs> and it's awful god what an awful film Jesus god but we didn't. That was it. Wasn't quite as eventful as that. No. But we did get to drink some vodka out of a bit of ice. <laughs> it's quite good. <laughs> nice. No, cool. It's really fun. Like the ice bar. It's such a cool idea. Are drink you sort of? of well, I mean, ice. they always say you shouldn't lick anything frozen. Like, how did it stop your tongue from sort of well, like or your lips sort of, sort of gluing it to the to the ice? They must spray it with something. Antifreeze. No, I don't, Antifreeze. I don't know. Antifreeze. <laughs> Good stuff. I'm not sure. It, it, it worked, though. It did work. Maybe because you're pouring the sort of... As you pour it, the alcohol washes over it. I don't know. Right. I okay. did, yeah, did a good point, actually, though. I did watch one guy, uh, one foreign tourist in the corner, like, bite and devour his glass cup. Mm. And uh, it was a bit weird. But, you know, the trip was good. We went on this tr- the snow train. It was a, like a Harry Potter-esque steam train that went through the snow. Oh, nice. We went to the most eastern point in Japan, which is actually in Hokkaido. And uh, not not that great. Very fucking cold. Ironically, we went to the, uh, the coldest town in all of Japan. This really pretty mundane town called Nikubetsu. Mm. And it was the hottest day of the trip. So it was kind of rubbish. We were like, oh, in the coldest town, but it's the hottest... <laughs> it was like minus two and the day before it had been minus 15 somewhere that wasn't the coldest town right. so the whole thing didn't really work it was a bit annoying um, but we did a on that day in the coldest town we had uh, Natsuki and Joey do a wrap off against each other it was mediated by Pete and uh, I think that might be the uh, 
the breakout moment from this series. Mm. It's no too much Volcano, but watching Natsuki go head-to-head with Joe was pretty cathartically fun. Nice. And the winner, the loser had to roll around in the snow, um, which was topless, which looked incredibly painful. I won't spoil who that was, but uh, Jesus, that must have hurt. God. <laughs> the screaming. I've still got the screaming in my ears. I very much <laughs> liked, I very much enjoyed the, um, where, where um, uh, Natsuki is having a little snooze and you guys are playing poker because Natsuki's just had too much fun. <laughs> too much yeah, poker. He's, a, yeah. he's all pokered out. I don't think, I don't, we did, we did teach Natsuki poker a few nights after that photo that I posted on Twitter and uh, mm. he wasn't very good. He just kept going, <laughs> I want to bet bet is good I and then he lost bet, all his chips in like good. five seconds <laughs> I'm going like, all I in I want to bet I like money and then he lost his <laughs> chips he was the first one out out of five people good should stuff. have done that actually that would have been the highlight well of the you trip. think that like but, uh, with with him like he's quite good at uh, pachinko but it sounds like he, the uh, you know yeah. the old porker he's just, uh, he's just not, not interested <laughs> I want to bet bet he, is good he, <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those things the interesting thing about Texas Hold'em poker is you don't necessarily have to be good to win because right. often when you start playing you don't know the rules you don't understand what's going on yeah and it's not uncommon for the for the the new guy or girl to to win because they're just like all in and then they <laughs> you know they, they play in a way that isn't normal um, right he didn't do that luckily he, he just lost so mm. thank god for that and he was cool. out of the game because it was a real headache trying to teach him all the rules mm. but should be a good series coming out in march um we're Smashing. working really hard to get the series out quickly and uh, it was a lot of fun. It was very different to the Okinawa, like the, the tropical Okinawa vibe of the last series. And while that one was a sort of 1980s vibe to it, where we basically just bought loads of Spandau Ballet and Frankie Goes to Hollywood soundtracks, mm. this series is just it's firmly a Japanese series, and it's very Japanese. It's going to be Japanese. Firmly Japanese. Music. The Chris Broad experience. There's going to be some Japanese music playing. And, oh. Uh, give the people what they want we've got a story this week from Chris good name from Melbourne Australia Ooh. it begins hi Pete Peri- I can't even say what that is What is? I don't want to read that out hi Pete and Chris peritonitis peritonitis what is that give it a google and Chris Seeson brought I heard about Pete's recent appendicitis that's not this Pete that's American Pete and I thought I'd share my own experience of having I was, I was really confused I was really confused I'm always ill and so I was like genuinely <laughs> thinking did I have that and of course he had his, uh, he had it out didn't he he had, he had it he out did. with it yeah. mm. he had his appendix out um, after I, I was like they often say there's no reason you have appendicitis maybe mm. it's stress it's just bad luck but Pete revealed after he had his appendix removed that the day before he had opened some baseball cards from like the 1990s and within that pack of cards there was a stick of chewing gum which he not only chewed but swallowed right and i reckon it got stuck somewhere in the wrong place and caused his body to be like what the fuck is this and then his appendix got ruptured i don't know i'm not a doctor right but it seems like quite the coincidence anyway Chris <laughs> continues um, i thought i'd sh- share my own experience of having an appendectomy in japan Oh, good God. And, and also, what, what I, I feel like they handled Pete's procedure quite poorly. My right. friend, his, his appendix was um, exploding, and they gave him some morphine because it's incredibly painful and really unpleasant. And Pete got nothing. They were like, he was like, morphine, onigashi mass. They were like, no. No. And so I want to, he well, suffered I, in you've pain. You've been too naughty. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's revenge oh, for your streams. Yeah. Um, it was 2019. I was working at uh, Ikaiwa English Language School in Fukuoka. And I started getting severe pain in my upper 
abdomen, but in true stoic style, I finished my first lesson. I was taken to hospital late on Saturday night, so there was not much they could do until the next morning. An ultrasound check showed an extremely inflamed appendix. Alone in the hospital, with basic non-medical Japanese skills, the staff panicked and kept running away to print out long paragraphs of Google Translate gibberish. Very reassuring. Oh, God. (laughs) Eventually, they did manage, possibly, the most Japanese way of putting my situation. Would you mind having emergency surgery? They offered me the chance to get a second opinion, but they'd already booked me in for four that afternoon. Oh, Jesus. Unfortunately, elderly care in Japan isn't great. Anyone with severe dementia gets dumped in hospitals. My family is unable to care for them. And so it was that I ended up in a ward full of extremely senile Japanese men in adult underwear. Adult nappies, rather. Oh, God. One in particular would wake up at three in the morning and gather bedpans, mugs and bottles very noisily in his bed and try to go home. When my colleagues came to check on me, one of them noted, Chris Sincere, the nurses keep saying, Kakui, do you know what this means? To which I said, yes, it means cool. Chris Sensei, it means cool. The nurses, they think you're cool. It's not hard to look cool when you're 40 years younger than everyone else, not wearing a nappy or a sushi roll short of a bento. When oh, I've never heard of that phrase. A sushi roll short of a bento. When I could eventually get out of bed myself, I realised one of the more unusual problems of being taller than the average Japanese person, because I'm six foot one. Uh, the IV drip line that I was hooked up to wasn't long enough or tall enough. Instead of the bag emptying into me, I was emptying into the bag. <laughs> Is that <laughs> really? <laughs> How high was this thing not? How was the IV line? I mean, the difference oh between six God. foot one and, you know, the average Japanese was it five eight. Like, I'm sorry, it shouldn't be emptying into you. <laughs> That's mental. They're just this doing it insane. wrong. This is insane. <laughs> A nurse quickly tried to syringe the fluid back but did it too fast and caused me to faint I walked around (laughs) holding the bag high above my head which is not easy when trying to brush your teeth all the best guys Chris from Melbourne with his traumatising experience from hell I must say Japan when it comes to more surgical procedures I don't want to be here for them Um, I've never heard many good stories Um, yeah the Japanese medical system it's good and bad in one hand the hospitals are clean and tidy and nice. On the other hand, you know, lots of things go wrong. When when COVID was kicking off, the, the I don't really know how the system works, but when you get an ambulance, the ambulance just drops you off at the nearest hospital or whatever, and they go on their way. But if the hospital's full, they have to go from hospital to hospital, and it's not uncommon. Like we had, I think we had a story on here that someone got tossed around six hospitals before they finally got in one. Right. But like... Hearing um, Charlie's experience with the thyroid and Pete's experience with the appendix, that's pretty scary. Uh, Pete told me a, a very similar story about how his IV drip didn't work, and so she like stuffed it in his wrist with a syringe, and like blood exploded everywhere, and it literally sounded like the most traumatizing thing I've ever heard. And uh, there was some really, really un- awful stories about catheters and things. But and with with Charlie's, I. Uh, thyroid situation i don't know if you remember a year and a half ago she had to have um, one of her thyroids removed there was a tumor on it or something it was a tumor it wasn't cancerous thankfully but it was you know it was a bad time yeah. she had this very swollen neck and she couldn't swallow and she we went to a doctor here in sendai and uh it was a very busy thyroid clinic she went in and i sat outside and then she came out and i went out it go and she went not good he said it's probably cancerous and that i should come back in four to six weeks. And we were like, what? I don't, you don't wait in that fucking long, if if that's the diagnosis. <laughs> and it was just really like this nonchalant kind of 
Ah, oh, it's probably cancer. Yeah, just come back in two months. We'll see. Which is not what you do. And uh, it was really, yeah, it was really fucked. And then she went to a, a clinic up in, uh, I think, Morioka. And the doctor was much kinder and said, it's you know, it's probably not cancer. But th- they didn't want to remove it. They didn't want to do any surgery on it. Um, even though the the, the thyroid was just broken, it was, it was like just doing nothing. Snapped. So in the end, she had to go. She had to go overseas to do it properly. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Japan for something surgical, I don't think I'd want to be here. Um, it just seems like there's too many horror stories. Mm. If you know what I mean? Yeah. I, but then is the UK much better? I suppose yeah. it is if you can get into a hospital. Um, but we've got a story this week about taxis and silence. My two favourite things. What's going on? News of the week in Japan, Mr. Dawson. Taxi driver, shut your mouth. Shut your mouth. Shut <laughs> your mouth. The taxis. We've all used them to get uh, from point A to point B. And, you know, you're not driving yourself. You're not on a train with a load of other people. Um, but sometimes, certainly in places like London, uh, you'll occasionally get a rather chatty taxi driver who wants to have a chat about everything. You find it more, I think, when you're getting a very, very late night cab a fair distance. People want to have a chat. But um, even if you're outgoing and social, everyone has those days when they're just not interested in the app, to be quite frank. It's just a little bit awkward. Mm. And, you know, you, maybe you've got some work to do maybe you just want a bit of quiet time maybe you're listening to music or whatever whatever your reason though japanese I remember, sorry go on chris i remember when i was a, the last time i was a, U, a uk taxi mm. the taxi driver was just like this racist guy mm. and it's all this really awkward situation where you don't want to be like no nah, you're wrong you just thought you just i just saw sat there went yeah yeah yeah. It's awkward. And it's just it's, really it's awkward. awkward. It, it's, it is very awkward. Um, yeah, and it's just kind of, it's just, it's just, as you get older, you, you have uh, less um, problems with telling people to shut the fuck up, <laughs> I find. <laughs> um, um, but uh, Japanese taxi operator Sanwa Kotsu understands, <clears throat> and so they're providing the option of a quiet ride that you can initiate with the simple tap of your finger. When you get into one of their uh, Turtle Taxi branded cabs, you'll see a touchscreen facing the rear seats. At the bottom left of the screen is a button labelled silent mode tap on that uh, and it relays the request to the front letting the driver know that you'd prefer conversation free transport today the other buttons also uh, offer ways to uh, tailor the experience to your liking Uh, you can um, you can ask the driver to prioritise smoothness over speed in accelerating and braking uh, so you get less jostling Uh, and also a toasty mode you can have it really really hot in the back or you can have it chilly mode uh, so you can have it nice nice and cold Um, and also bottom left is a button you can tap to purchase a bottle of water for 100 yen a nice little service uh so it, it just means that you can have a little have a little sip of water uh, on your journey nice ideas i think all around there's uh, i think in the northeast uh, of england you can get a haircut uh if you've got problems with like talking to to people and i think a lot of people have quite a lot of social anxiety unspoken social anxiety about having a haircut because they do like a fucking chat. <laughs> I'm not saying they are, mm. you know, to be sure of it. But, like, it, it is a situation where, like, it is quite intimate. People are touching you. And to make it less awkward, the Brits love a chat. They like, love a chat. And, 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 and a lot of people, I remember Craig Bellamy, the footballer, had this sort of social anxiety that's basically said, I, I just didn't want to leave the house. I didn't want to go and get new clothes. I didn't want to really? get a haircut because I was scared the man was going to talk to me. Um, and it's a, it's a real concern for a lot of people. They just want to just want a bit of peace and quiet. So you can order a uh, a, a chat-free haircut for £6 extra. I mean, it costs £6 Bloody extra, hell. but I mean... 
<laughs> I mean, I've I've had periods where I'm like that, where I don't want to chat and I yeah. feel weird about it. I don't know why that is. Maybe it's mm. you're not in the wrong, not in the right mood or whatever. In a Japanese taxi, I it's rare for the driver to talk to me. It probably happens one in every ten times. And then you get some nice ones who are good, and then you get others who just... I had one guy who couldn't speak English, we spoke in Japanese, and he talked about how he really wanted his daughter to marry a British man so we could build stronger links with the British and Japanese economy. And I was yeah. sitting there like, this is a really bizarre conversation. Let's let's increase trade <laughs> across Japan and the UK right. by marrying off your daughter. Brilliant, mate, brilliant. It's cracking conversation. It's better than the racist conversation in London for sure. Mm. But that's oh, cool. When I when I heard toasty mode, I was excited. I thought they literally just give you some toast, <laughs> just a, a toaster <laughs> on the passenger seat, right. and the driver slaps it in, gets toasting. But that's cool though. I'm not. I'm surprised this thing doesn't exist already. Really, in the yeah. land where people get like a little their own little private ramen stand where they can mm. sit, boxed off and not talk to anyone. It seems like this thing should already kind of be here. Like I know on the Uber app, you can sort of request shut the hell up, I don't want to talk to you, right? Mm. So I'm yeah. surprised this hasn't arrived sooner, but mm. I think it's standard for taxi drivers in Japan to just not talk to the passengers. It's almost seen as unprofessional yeah, unless the, I, the, I, the passenger I, starts the conversation. Yeah, I don't think that, I, I don't think that un, unless you're playing the video game Yakuza where you have a taxi uh, side mission in Zero, I think it is. Um, I think, I don't think I've ever, I mean, obviously because a lot of the taxi drivers can't speak English and it, as it's very much, uh, mm. this is for Japanese speakers uh, mainly, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But uh, mm. that's cool, though. I'll have to keep an eye out for that. That sounds pretty awesome. We'll be back in just a moment, guys, with your stories, comments, and questions in the fax machine. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads, generally, for most people, are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at UH1.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. In our daily lives, we all carry around with us different stressors. They can be big, they can be small, and sometimes we might not even realize that we're carrying them around with us. But if these feelings stay bottled up, they can start to affect us negatively, which is why having a positive outlet for discussion can be such a valuable tool for your well-being. Therapy can be a perfect outlet for your inner stressors. It's a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. Sometimes just speaking things out into the open can be such a great release of inner tension, so you can spend less time stressing about the issue and more time figuring out how you can overcome it. 
So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com forward slash Japan today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com forward slash Japan. And we're back with the fax machine. What do we got this week from our listeners, Mr. Dawson? Hi, both. This is from Edmund. Uh, after reading books like Heaven and How Do You Live and seeing films like A Silent Voice, I can't help but feel like bullying is presented as the victim's fault and very little is done about it. Uh, there seems to be some hesitation to inform adults or teachers about what's going on, and the bullying seems very violent in uh, comparison with UK schools. Are these accurate depictions of bullying in schools or just amplified for fiction? If so, why is there a stigma against speaking out? All the best, Edmund. A lot of bullying happening in the schools, um, and I, I think. I think Edmund's probably right. There is a there is a uh, there is a lot of that uh, uh, kicking around in in media, and it's almost kind of accepted as part of a rites of passage of, of sort of growing up in many places. Yeah, I, I don't know really. Yeah, I, in Japan, it's kind of seen like yeah, there is an aspect of it's your fault. You're not part of the group. You're not making a, a big enough effort to be part of the team. Right. And certainly, that felt like the situation in the classroom. I just like last month I finished writing my book and I did a chapter on bullying actually in Japanese schools because we had a really bad incident on the um, I think it was the first day back of my second year right. um, the the start of the second academic school year in Japan mm. the first day back a kid jumped off the third or fourth story building like jumped out the window um, God. fortunately survived but was very severely injured and it mm. turned out he'd been bullied and kids had been taking his lunchbox and all sorts um yeah, no, it's a strange dynamic. Um, I don't know if the people are presented as the victim's fault, though. I don't, I don't, I've never got that vibe myself. But then I haven't read the book, these books that you listed, Edmund. Um, but yeah, bullying in Japanese schools is a problem. The mm. Japanese government did actually try and have a crackdown on it. I think around 2013, it didn't really do anything. In fact, mm. bullying numbers have gone up. Maybe that's because people are talking about it more, uh, or it's being reported more widely. But yeah, the figures are actually going up. If anything, which mm. uh, is a terrible shame. Yeah. But in a collective society where everyone has to try and be the same or be part of the group and conform, if you stand out, you get buggered for it. And, uh, yeah, it's, mm. it's a nasty business. we got one here from Joe from Manchester. He says, Hi, Cavalier Chris and Pivotal, Pivotal Pete. Uh, as a 12-year vegetarian with very basic knowledge of Japanese, I'm slightly worried about accidentally ordering meat dishes on my own or perhaps something that looks vegetarian but is actually made with fish stock, for example. Well, pointing at myself and saying, vegetarian, be enough to get me by in the worst-case scenario, are there any safe go-to dishes that you recommend? Cheers, guys. Joe from Manchester. Um, I don't know, Pete. You're the, you're the expert. Let's take a bit of you're paper with the kanji on. <laughs> We've said it before. Yeah, just, we'll just, say it again. Just do that. <laughs> just write vegetarian on a bit of paper and just stick yeah. it out yeah. I mean they do often ask if you've got an allergy and that maybe that's the point to be like no allergy but vegetarian yes <laughs> and then that might do it but like yeah I don't know it's um, just be strategic with your dishes mm. it is quite hard being a vegetarian in Japan it's pretty much impossible being a vegan unless you get your food from the supermarket yourself mm. um, there's always going to be fish stock in there somewhere Um yeah, I can't really just yeah. Honestly, just point at yourself and say, "See my son, vegetarian, or like menu dosurabai." I don't know. Just yeah, just point at yourself and be like vegetarian, and then sort of be like point at the menu and be like, "Oh, what should I do?" Oh, mm. and hopefully they'll be like, "Go here, get that." 
That's probably your best bet, to be honest, though, Jay. It's a tough one, though. It's a tough one. And we've got one last question from Diane, who says, Hi, Chris and Pete. Uh, Chris, in your recent excellent video, 25 kilometres across Tokyo in a day, neither you or Pete wore a mask outside. Is that allowed now? Coming over in March, and I desperately don't want to wear them if we don't have to, but also don't want to be the bad visitor who mm. breaks the rules. It doesn't help. Uh, the current guidelines are confusing. Thanks for everything. All the best, Diane. Um... Well, in the scenes that we didn't wear the mask, we're usually we're always outdoors, right? If you'll notice, if we go inside a building like uh, the um, Donkey Hotel, the game store, right. Super Potato, we did put them on there. Um, so indoors, yes. On public transport, yes. In the street, no. You're fine. The government said that uh, you don't have to wear them outside. But a lot of people still do in Japan. They just want to be a bit cautious. But I do. I have heard that they are going to have a strong push for uh, getting rid of masks in the next couple of months, just because it, it, they've sort of moved beyond that now. You know, mm. it's been like a year since they got rid of them in the UK. I think. But, Will they uh, ever actually kill the mask? Do you reckon? I think no. I don't think it would kill the mask. Well, maybe maybe in a year or two more. I don't know. I think it's going to take a little bit longer. Mm. Um, just because people are so comfortable with them. And in fact, I don't mind wearing them in the cold in the winter, right? It's freezing right now. When I was in Hokkaido, where it was minus 16 degrees Celsius, I was very much, very happy to wear my face mask, to be honest. So mm. there are times in winter, but when it gets to summer and it's 35 degrees and you're sweltering and you've got to stick something on your face, um, no, it's not good. No. But yeah, that's how we got around it in the video. We're basically outside. And often we took them down or off when we were recording. And then when we stop recording, we put them back on. Right, okay. But generally, I don't wear them out and about anymore. So, yeah. Also, this week, guys, completely unrelated to masks and vegetarians, uh, we did release a video on sushi, eating all the sushi in Japan <laughs> with Ryotaro. It's good to have Ryotaro back in some capacity, I think. Uh, but we did this challenge. It was a sponsored video by Sushiro. And you might remember, Pete, uh, I think it was like two or three weeks ago, Sushiro had a bit of a scandal where some moron licked the plate and then put it back on the fucking conveyor belt right and yes. the, all the sushi and all the sushi restaurants have been scrambling to do something about it um, so you're lending and, a hand <laughs> well people think we like Sushiro have been like we're, we're like oh god what can we do I know a bra in Japan throw them <laughs> do, get, throw some money at them and then we'll do it actually we filmed the video like two or three months ago yeah um, so it's not the case you're the one who I licked did it see, <laughs> if anyone was reiterating um, but no, we we uh, we went there. It was a lot of fun. Do check it out. We cool. did eat arguably too much sushi, but mm. can you ever have too much sushi? Never. Yes, yes, you can. Oh, you can. Right. I okay, think they, cool. they made me remove a, a line where I was like, oh, "I'm so full, I'm never eating sushi again." Oh, right. And they yeah. were like, oh, "That's that sort of undermines the whole point <laughs> of us sponsoring you <laughs> if you're never going to eat sushi again." I was like, "Yeah, right, fair point, fair oh, point, fine. Yeah, but, like fun." But do check it out. That Sushiro branch is in Asakusa. It's a really cool store. And, um, yeah, it's good. I know they're suspending temporarily, I think, the um, conveyor belts, right, where they just put the sushi out and they go round and round in circles. But they are very much still delivering the food to your table via the conveyor belt. So you still get the full-blown conveyor belt experience. Mm. But go and check it out. The video's not doing as well as normal. 
That's what happens when you release a video the night of the fucking Super Bowl. Everyone goes and watches <laughs> that instead. So please go and check it out. That's all for now, though, guys. Keep the stories, comments, and questions coming into a Brawn Japan podcast at gmail.com. We'll be back later on this week. It's all over again, but for now, no matter where you might be, out there in the big wide world, I'll be still have a great few days. We'll see you right back here to do it all over again on the Abroad in Japan podcast. Bye for now. Farewell, all. Japan is a stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com.